Hello everybody and welcome back to the second episode of Leading to Success. I'm your host Anna Cahill and I'm here with my co-host Jared Donworth. Today's podcast is revolving around recruitment for the Godolphin Flying Star. Today's guests include fellow trainee Claire Wilson, second year trainee Annie O'Rourke and Clodagh Kavanagh, Executive Director of Godolphin Flying Star. But before that, Jared, do you want to let our listeners know what we've been up to here in Ireland since our last podcast? Yeah, uh, so we're lucky enough to go to the Goffs book one sale. Uh, we were all paired up with an agent, or some of us worked for a consigner. Um, I was paired with Barry Lynch, an ex-flying starter. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, we looked at some nice horses, and Barry was great, telling us all things from confirmation to pedigree and how the bloodstock uh, world works. Uh, we also were lucky enough to go to the Ark. Um, it was a great uh, two days of racing, got to see some top-class horses, uh, to see Ace Impact in the flesh was definitely something uh, I'll never forget. Uh, we also flew over to Newmarket for Tadassal's book one. Uh, we got to meet His Highness Sheikh Mohammed. Uh, we were very lucky to meet him and it was definitely a great opportunity. Uh, we also went on a few visits, uh, most notably to the Irish Equine Centre, uh, to the Irish National Stud and to Coolmore. And most recently we spent a day helping out at Festina Lente, a charity that provides horse riding lessons for children and adults with disabilities. It was great to hear about what they do and how our bit of work on the day made a difference and helped them out. So our first guest today is a fellow first year trainee, Claire Wilson from the USA. Claire, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your experience before you started the course? Yeah, of course. So um, I'm from Tennessee originally and I grew up riding horses, doing three-day eventing. Um, And then eventually I moved to Lexington, Kentucky to go to college at the University of Kentucky, which is where I kind of got into thoroughbreds and racing and all of that good stuff. And um, I started working on some different stud farms. So I worked for uh, my school's breeding program called Main Chance Farm for a little bit. Um, And then I did some work for Three Chimneys. I did the Kentucky Equine Management Internship there. Um, and then I also worked at Lane's End for about a year, uh, and I also did some media and marketing kind of work for Keeneland and the Breeders' Cup and the Pollock Report, um, and that was kind of everything that I did leading up to the course. And how do you find the course so far, Claire? Any highlights? Yeah, yeah, no, the course has been great so far. Um, it's just been really fun getting to know everyone and um, having a lot of cool experiences, and I think some highlights have definitely been like going to the Arc. Uh, that was a really cool thing for all of us, I think. Um, and I'd never been to Paris before, so that was also a really fun experience. Getting to see the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. For the first time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot smaller than I thought it was. <laughs> but no, that was um, a really awesome trip and kind of just one of those moments that makes you realize how lucky you are to be on the course and be traveling the world with um, a bunch of other people that are interested in the same thing that you are. Um, and it's also been really fun working on the, the yearling breaking yards for the last six weeks. Um, we've all had a couple of yearlings that we've been getting to break and um, get them ready for their future careers as racehorses. And um, I know a few of them have actually gotten shipped off this week. And so it'll be really fun to get to follow them later on once they start racing for Godolphin. Yeah, definitely. I think we're all excited and looking forward to seeing them in the future. Um, so why did you choose to apply for the Flying Start? Um, I think for me, it was really a lot about getting the, the international experience. Um, before the course, I'd never really worked outside of America. And obviously our industry is 
um, really important on a global level. So I thought it was just really important to get to see how the industry functions in different countries and, um, you know, kind of get an appreciation for that side of it. And I think kind of the networking aspect of it was a really big part for me too. Um, and I think that, you know, the people you meet when you're doing this course, it really opens a lot of different doors for you when you're trying to figure out your career path and stuff like that. Um, so I think those were probably my, my biggest reasons for applying. And do you have any advice for people that might be in the process of thinking about applying for it this year? Um, I, I think what I would say is if you are going to apply, it's obviously a very long application process um, and it can be a bit tedious. So I think if you're going to do it, make sure that you are you know, putting 110% into your application just so that when you get through this super long application, you're not leaving any stones unturned and you know you don't have any regrets about what you put out there um and then when it comes to the interview process I think not overthinking it is a big part of that um because it can be a very intimidating process I think and um what right yeah just be yourself I think that's what a lot of the trainees would probably tell you is to kind of just go in and be you because I think at the end of the day that's kind of what what Clodagh and Joe would want to see is just someone who, you know, knows what they've done and um, knows that they would probably be a good fit for the course. And um, I think just being you would kind of make you stand out more than trying to make it seem like you have more experience than you do, I guess. Yeah. And Claire, do you think there's anything that the Flying Sack can do more of to promote the course in America? Um, you know, I think it all really kind of comes down to a social media presence for me personally. Um, I think that social media is such a big and influential part of our generation that um, it's really key in getting people our age and, you know, the age of people that you would want to apply for this course to do anything really. Um, so I think that just having more of a social media presence would probably be key to getting more people to apply. Um and really using that presence to show people, you know, what it's really like to be a Flying Start trainee. And, um, it, you know, we do get to do a lot of really cool and unique things. And I think that probably just needs to be advertised more on platforms that people our age are actually using. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're, we're heading to the States in the new year. So what are you most looking forward to when you get back home to America? Um, I mean, I'm really just looking forward to getting to show everyone around Lexington and um, show them why I love living there for the last like five years, I guess. Um, it's such a cool city, um, especially for people that love racing and love horses. So I'm just excited to get there and um, show everyone around. And I'm definitely excited for the Kentucky Derby. That's yeah, going to be really me fun. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to be a big highlight. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose just on the last note, Claire, um, you know, the Kentucky or the Breeders' Cup is only a few short weeks away. Is there any particular horse you're most looking forward to seeing run? Um, I'd definitely say I'm really looking forward to seeing Archangelo run in the Classic. Yeah. Um, he's just been a really cool horse to follow, especially with um, Jenna, his trainer, being the first female trainer to win the Belmont and the Travers. And um, he's just had a really, you know, inspiring story and just a, a good positive one to follow throughout to the Breeders' Cup. And like you work for the Breeders' Cup, like mm -hmm. what do you think they do so right that makes it these these few days that just makes it memorable? 
Um, I, you know, that's a good question. I think that they just do a really good job of giving you an authentic experience, yeah. um, no matter where it is. And they do a great job of choosing their, their tracks that they have the Breeders' Cup at as well. You know, places like Keeneland and Santa Anita and Del Mar, those are just iconic racetracks that um, give you kind of that authentic experience, whether you're there for the Breeders' Cup or there just for a day at the races. Um, so I think location is definitely key. And again, I think they do a great job of promoting all of the Breeders' Cup stuff on social media. So I think a lot of it comes back to that as well. Okay, well, thanks for coming and talking to us today, Claire. Um, it was great to hear all your insights. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. So our next guest today is Cloda Cabana, the Executive Director of the Godolphin Flying Start. Thanks for joining us today, Cloda. Thanks for having me on. So we just want to ask you a few questions about uh, the recruitment process for the Flying Start and the applications. Um, so what do you do behind the scenes to start the recruitment process each year? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Anna, and thanks for asking us. You know, we're recruiting all the time, I suppose. Um, we encourage you as trainees to talk to your friends and your peer group about the program and what it's like and just make sure there's no one out there that misses this great scholarship because they feel they don't have enough done or they're not the right type of person. Uh, I know we're going to talk a bit about diversity later, but there's no ideal type or right type. Um, we do have application criteria which people have to meet but um so behind the scenes i suppose every 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 trainee and all 224 graduates are pretty much tasked with mentoring and coaching and finding the next flying starters to come along behind them um in terms of the executive team then we have coordinators in england america and australia who are there to meet people locally that are interested, meet them on a Zoom call, a phone call, or even meet them in person and to give them advice and encouragement. Um, and in Ireland, of course, we've Martin and myself and then Martina, who's the Irish coordinator now. Martina also looks after any inquiry that comes through from anybody. So, you know, I would say to anyone who's interested, don't be afraid to just drop a line through the uh, website or directly to Martina saying, um, could I find out some more or even could I have a chat? Martina offers a Zoom call to every single person who inquires about the program. And she's very easy to talk to. She keeps it very simple. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a no strings attached Zoom call. Uh, we don't make any judgments on anybody. Um, and she's very, very helpful around the application process or what you need to do to position yourself to to possibly get an interview for the program so yeah I, I think behind the scenes is going on all the time and um, we're very conscious that and um, there's a lot of education opportunities and there's a lot of uh work opportunities in the industry and uh that flying start isn't probably for everybody no more than any job or any college course however we'd hate to think there's someone that deserves and needs this scholarship and is a future industry leader and hasn't heard about the opportunity or considered this program as part of their career. I myself, I know, heard about the course through really word of mouth, but is there any other ways that you kind of promote the course and get, get it out there? Yeah, sure. No, uh, we have obviously our social media channels on Twitter, LinkedIn um, and Instagram. And we have a very good website, which is simply goodolphinflyingstar.com. 
Um, we advertise in some industry publications, but more so on digital media. Um, we're moving more and more that way uh, onto third industry publications, websites and uh, digital media offerings. Uh, we don't know where our next trainee is going to come from. Like it's very hard to target uh, uh, Flying Star potentials because it could be their mentors or their employers that are the ones who tap them on the shoulder and say you could you should apply for this program or they could be in a country where horse racing is a very small industry and they don't even have an Irish field or a racing post or you know Sydney Morning Herald that has lots of uh, information on on horse racing so we try and spread the net wide and we feel that digital media is the best way to do that yeah that's definitely the best these days yeah for sure and Claudia, can you tell us about the application process? Because it is well explained on the website, where that, but there are like a few different parts to it. Yeah, so um, listen, it, it is a rigorous application process, but I don't think it's terribly, I don't think it's difficult, but I think that um, it is rigorous. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, you know, any, you know, anybody from around the world can apply for this program, but we need to know as much as we can about them through the paper application process uh, in order to make a, a good decision on whether they should have an interview or not. So we try to get as much of a rounded picture of the applicants as we can through the application process in order to pick uh, the candidates for interview. So typically we would get between 70 and 100 applications and we tend to try to get 36 interviewees Um what the process looks like is uh, generally we open on the 1st of December. We close in the first week in February. So there's an eight or nine week window to do the application. The application is done through a program called Slide Room. Um, so you get onto our website, goodoffenflyingstart.com. You can look at the application pro uh, page, which gives you everything you need to make an application for mm -hmm. Flying Start. Um and then you click into the slide room portal and you can go into that slide room portal and have a look around without actually completing an application or with without identifying yourself even. Um, so like to to apply in terms of um, what's needed um, is a, a strong academic background that can be um, a university degree. It can be a college diploma or it can even be a leaving cert or A-levels or high school outcome, along with maybe a one-year vocational course after that. Um, but we're looking, we're trying to estimate do people have the academic ability in order to complete the programme. So we need to see, you know, very good results from school or college or university. We're also looking for people who know about the turbine industry, know enough about it that they know that they want a full-time career in the industry and can also handle a thoroughbred and understand some of the aspects of breeding, bloodstock and racing. So we look for at least a year full-time uh, employment in the industry. So that kind of ticks that box. Um, after that, um, you know, in terms of applying, you need to provide a CV or a resume of what you've done so far um, in uh, your work and, and education. Um, you need to have a driving license. You need to have a passport. I think they're all self-explanatory if you're to travel through five countries in two years. Yeah. Um, you need to write a cover letter. Um, and we look for a 60-second video. 
um, which I think has become much easier these days with phones and everything. Um, and the video is really to introduce yourself and to say why this scholarship will be valuable to you and what um, what you will do as a result of gaining this scholarship. So how you will use this opportunity. So I think the, the written letter and the video are very important that people show themselves and their unique characters and their unique strengths and don't try to be what they feel is the ideal candidate. I mean, we were chatting earlier there and Jared was saying like, you stand out by being yourself. Uh, and that's exactly true. So we just want to get an insight into the people who are applying. Yeah, um, I think those videos are good as well to, to really get your personality across. Um, it's good to do an actual video and like you can see the facial expressions and all that. Yeah, the body language and, body and all language. that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it, you can. It's so easy to make a video now. You can have ten tries at making that video until you're happy with it. Um, so that's that's kind of, and then it, it, then everybody gets a reply to say, look, we've received your application. And then when we select the somewhere between say thirty and forty for interview, we let them know straight away, and we also let everyone else know, look. You haven't got an interview this year. Um, if you'd like some advice on your career in the industry, if you'd like to talk about your application, if you want to reapply, please let us know. So we don't just say yes or no, and we don't just let 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 people hang if they don't know what's happening. We let them know it's happening, and we offer them some feedback and some advice um, at that stage. So our idea is that everybody who applies benefits from their application or from their interview experience, and that you know, we really encourage them to keep pursuing their career in the industry. We know that um, diversity among the trainees is an aim of the programme. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, very, very happy to talk about diversity and also equity and inclusion. Um, you know, they say that uh, diversity has been um, asked to the party, but inclusion has been asked to dance. So um, it's it is different. So and equity is in there as well, which which isn't equal opportunities, uh, treating everybody the same. Equity is actually saying um, if you're different, we can facilitate that as well. And there's a lovely little example I saw the other day of a little a little child, a kind of a teenager and an adult. And they were all um, standing on a a little box and they were trying to see over a wall and of course the adults on the box could see over the wall teenager could just about see over the wall and the little fella couldn't equity is giving the little fella a big box to stand on the teenager a medium box to stand on and the adult is the small box to stand on so everyone can see over the wall so you know it's it's something that we've we've needed to learn about uh, we when we started 20 years ago uh, diversity meant nationality and gender um, and we've done well. We've had 20 different nationalities on Flying Start and we've a 45, 55% flit, uh, split between women and men on the programme. However, now we realise diversity is about a lot more than that. Um, so we're really looking to try to reach people from more, more nationalities, different ethnicities, minority groups. And um, anybody who wants a career in horse racing is welcome on this program. And uh, we are, you know, really promoting that more and more. Um, 
um, around the world, um, hopefully this year, um, with the use of some videos with some of our graduates who represent some of those smaller countries or smaller ethnic groups from around the world. And uh, what that brings to the table, like there's a really strong business case for diversity and inclusion in terms of creativity, in terms of richness of conversations, uh, ideas, um, entrepreneurship, and even representing all the people who work in horse racing uh, from the ground up, you will see all types of different types of people from different socioeconomic backgrounds and ethnic backgrounds. But, you know, we want them, um, everyone to feel they can uh, have this scholarship and reach a leadership position with our support. So, yeah, it's uh, it's very important to us. And just on the idea of diversity and inclusion, you know, you had your 20 year anniversary uh, earlier in the summer like that must have been a great day you know to see all these previous alumni come together and do all the great things they have done that must have been something you were really proud of Claude. yeah it, no listen it was a wonderful day and it's funny we had that we had that uh, alumni conference and reunion planned for 2020 in Dublin City uh, in I think it was in June or July and obviously that never came off due, due to Covid and then we just put it off to 2023, which actually was our 20 year anniversary. And so it's been a long time in the making. And um, yeah, we worked on it probably for, for a year. We set the date a year out and uh, we had over a hundred graduates there. And it was just, yeah, it was fantastic. And I was very proud and it was a, it was a very a fulfilling occasion. I think we had all our coordinators there from around the world Um our full team, we had trustees there and we even had um, two first year trainees on their summer holidays, uh, first year turning second year, who uh, helped us on the day. And yeah, just really did feel like, wow, it was it was it was a powerful occasion and it was a lot of fun and uh, lots of ideas came out of it. And I just feel the loyalty and the energy um, among the graduates has really like grown since that occasion because I think that's when you know people actually realize what an amazing group of people the the graduates are and how you know they, they're competing for business at times but that they're much more powerful when they collaborate uh, probably than compete um, even though there's always going to be a bit of that you know. Yeah it seemed like a great day. I think that's all we have time for today Clodagh. Thank you very much for coming on and speaking to us. It's great to hear. Yeah, thank you both. And well done on your podcast so far. So thank you both, Anna and George. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Claudia. Our final guest on today's podcast is second year trainee Annie O'Rourke, who's joining us from Australia. Annie, you featured on this podcast last season while you were on your first year of the course. You're now in your second year. So tell us how it's been going so far and what you're up to at the moment. Well, hi, guys. Um, Thanks for having me on. Um, no, we've we've been in Australia now for uh, a couple of months and we've had a fantastic time. Um, we have been based predominantly in the Hunter Valley in Scone. Um, we spent the first few weeks just kind of going around, meeting people, um, having a look at some of the great stud farms around the area um, and then headed to racing sort of every other weekend, if not every weekend. Um, we were lucky enough to be at the Everest last week, which is pretty cool. Uh, I think there was over 40,000 people there. Um, and that was that was really quite a spectacle. Um, we've also been on rotations. I did my first rotation with Rod Northam in Scone, a trainer in Scone, which was really, really good. 
And then uh, I've just recently finished my second rotation at Newgate Farm, which was uh, a great time to be there with obviously um, their horse. Think about it winning in the Newgate slot in the Everest last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also raised on the farm. So, yeah, no, we've had a fab time. Uh, we've had a bit of ready to run show uh, was in there as well. Um, we've just been getting around and, and really enjoying our time. How are you coping with the hot weather? Uh, <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> um, we, we, I think we're getting there. I think some of the, the paler skinned uh, <laughs> potentially have a bit of a farmer's tan going on now. Um, <laughs> but no, look, it's fab and, and uh, the, sun, the sun is always good news. And did you get to meet Henry Field while you while you were at um, Newgate, Annie, a previous uh, fine staffer? I did, yeah, I did. Um, very lucky. We we got actually myself and Annabelle were allocated this rotation, and um, we were given a task uh, to work through, and we had a great a great discussion there with uh, with Henry, um, Neve O'Brien, and Lockie Pethker as well. Also graduates of the course, um, and, and got to learn a lot through through kind of a directional task. Uh, related to the farm and to sales. Very good. Oh, wow. And Annie, the whole theme of this podcast is about um, basically the application process for the flying start. And obviously someone who's done a recent enough, would you mind giving some advice to someone who's thinking of applying for the flying start? Well, I think first off, like you have to appreciate it's such a great program um, and you you meet so many people and you learn along the way and you learn lots of different things you know we've done a farrier course in in america only a couple of weeks ago we were based in sydney at the um, school of management doing a leadership course um there's such a diversity of topics and i think the biggest thing is just throw your hat in the ring get involved and apply you've got to be in it to win it and i couldn't recommend it enough yeah yeah definitely um and thinking back on your own application for the course is there any tips you give someone um, as they make their way through the actual application process? I think definitely try and include as much as possible, um, whether that's horse related or not. I think you really want to paint the whole picture of yourself um, and kind of showcase what, what you've done and where you want to go and how much you want to learn. Um, I think don't be too thoroughbred focused. Just give a real honest uh feedback of, of what you've done and uh annie you're kind of nearly you know you're coming towards the end of it you're not too far away i'm just wondering from your point of view you're obviously glad you've chosen the course and it's something there that you are really proud of oh yeah absolutely like it's um you know we're very we're very grateful all of us um to his highness shape Mohammed for this chance and um you know, to be able to be part of such a great program and to meet the the alumni that have done it, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Henry Field, Newgate. Um, we all have peer mentors. Mine at the moment is um, Andrew uh, of Andrew Williams Bloodstock, um, and it's just, yeah, it, you you're able to be with eleven like minded individuals along the way um, and travel, and that's just a real privilege and something we're very grateful for. And I see any of um, an Australian conference there coming up on November 1st. I saw it on social media. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yep. So anyone in the area, uh, please feel free to to drop along. Um, at Scone Race Club on the 1st of November, we have a conference to talk about the young leaders in the thoroughbred industry. 
um, what's going on at the moment and what can be done to improve that and, and make a difference to the industry that we're in. So uh, anyone anyone is free, please do pop by. I say I won't be taking a flight over, but uh, <laughs> I'll be in touch. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll send you the recording, Adria. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> Um, that's great, Annie. Um, thanks for coming on and talking to us today and we hope you enjoy the rest of your time in Australia. Thank you very much. Um, thanks, guys, and enjoy your phase and your next phase in the new market. I think listening to our guests is apparent that this is an amazing course with so many opportunities. I myself feel that I've learned so much and we're still only at the beginning. Like even just to get the chance to host and create a podcast is something that I thought I'd never be able to do. And I think the big take home message from listening to our guests today is that the only way you're giving yourself the chance to stand out is not focusing on the areas you don't know, but rather on the areas you do and where you can improve. And I think if you do that, you're giving yourself every opportunity on being accepted. That wraps up our podcast for today. I'd like to thank Claire, Annie and Cloda for coming on to talk to us. It was great to hear their insights on the course and the application process. We encourage everyone thinking about applying to just go for it. You never know what might come out of it. We're always available if anyone wants to get in touch or reach out with any queries regarding the course. Our emails are available on godolphinflyingstart.com. Applications open on the 1st of December and the closing date is 5th of February. I've been your host, Anna Cahill, and on behalf of myself and my co-host, Jer, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Be sure to tune in next time during our second phase in Newmarket and follow us on our socials at Flying Start News on Twitter and Godolphin Flying Start on Instagram.